and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Closing Track. My name is Brady Cairns, and if you don't know what this show is, uh, The Closing Track is a podcast where I take a look at an artist's entire discography, but only judge their music based on the last song of each album. Sometimes I do it by myself, sometimes it's with guests. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about Rainbow Kitten Surprise, but before I get into that, just some quick housekeeping stuff. Um, especially since this is the second episode of the show now. Um, If you checked out the very first episode, thank you. Um, I had some pretty good feedback. Um, And yes, I am on my own for this one again, but uh, I've gotten a lot of the equipment that I was waiting on so that I can get moving forward with having guests on. Still waiting on some stuff that I need to like fully kick it into gear. I have a full list, as I was talking about last week, of like artists that I want to talk about. I think I like doubled... (laughs) <laughs> the amount of artists that I want to, uh, you know, possibly discuss on this show. And I sent it to a couple people just to see if any of them, you know, had an interest in talking about certain artists. This is one that people, you know, expressed an interest in, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of knock this one out on my own. But yeah, like I said, thank you for anybody that turned into that first, tuned into that first episode. Sorry. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's definitely taking some adjustment for me to get used to the concept of doing a podcast by myself. That's why I want to have people on. I know I talked about this a lot last episode, and I know it's even been, I think it's been, uh, it'll be a couple weeks since the last one, and it'll be more consistent going forward. There shouldn't be that long of a break again. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's it for, you know, basic housekeeping stuff. Definitely check out all the the social media accounts that are up and running. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, I know the YouTube channel is looking a little bit different than what you might be used to if you are familiar with the channel. Um, There will still be normal YouTube content in the future. I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things, especially because I'm trying to launch this show here. So once this is, you know, back on schedule or on schedule to begin with... um, normal YouTube content will come back there. I was I had a bunch of stuff I was working on, a bunch of things I was thinking about, um, but I kind of needed to just reset, you know, within this past month to kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, or RKS, as uh, a lot of people might call them. Now, RKS is a favorite band of mine. Um, I've seen them a couple times in uh, concert. I discovered them... Um, I think like a couple of years ago, a few years ago, uh, just, I think through a friend that was a big fan of theirs at, at, at college, shout out to Clay, I think was the one that kind of, I, I had already kind of been aware of them, but he really, you know, got me to sink my teeth in deeper to them as a group. Yeah, they're, they're a group from North Carolina. They're still pretty small and so is their discography. So this is going to be a little bit different than even uh, than Brockhampton or, you know, some of the larger groups. Because there's a lot of artists on the list of artists that I want to talk about that have pretty dense discographies. But Brockhampton even was only, I think, five albums that I talked about, I believe. This is only three that I'm going to be talking about. So this might be a little bit shorter. But they're just a group that I love. Um, and I'm pretty passionate about all the songs that they have. So I thought it would be good to talk about them. So the three albums that they currently have, and I'm hoping that they're going to be putting out some new music relatively soon because their last album uh, was in 2018. So we'll see about that. They they have a you know uh, a couple year gap in between albums, but their first album is called Seven Plus Mary, um, and that was in 2013. And Mary is because Mary was the 
EP that they originally made in, I think it was in one of their dorm rooms way back. And Seven was like the album. So they just combined the Mary songs onto Seven. And then their 2015 album was RKS. So you could say that's their self-titled. And then in 2018 was How to Friend Love Freefall. Um, and I got into them in between RKS and How to Friend Love Freefall. It was, it was somewhere in the middle there. So I was pretty hyped for when this you know last album came out. But, so the three songs we're going to talk about from each of these, because, you know, we're only talking about closing tracks here, are That's My Shit, off of 7 Plus Mary, The Come Down, off of RKS, and Polite Company, off of How to Friend, Love, and Freefall. But yeah, like I said, uh, this is a band that I have a lot of passion for, and I know that it's one that the the name usually uh, gets people to kind of do a double take, because it's, it's, a little, it's a little out there. And they've even said in interviews... Um, that there was a friend of theirs that I think had like just gotten out of the hospital. And so they asked him to um, come up with a name for them like real quick. And he just spouted out. I think he was still working off some like maybe some painkillers or some drugs or something. And he spouted off, oh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. And they're like, oh, are you sure? And they, they stuck with it. And that's been the name for the group ever since. Yeah, let's let's get into some, some music here off of these albums. They're, I guess their genre... Um, it's kind of alternative rock. I, I, I don't know. It, it walks a lot of different lines. Sometimes it's a little folky even. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the first song. So the first song is That's My Shit off of 7 Plus Mary. Now, they've there is a little bit of information about this song going forward. But first, I want to say that this was one... I've seen them live twice. And I think they closed out one of the shows with this one. And the band originally only consisted of, like, two people. It was Sam Mello, the singer, and uh, one of the guitarists. And those two both sing on this song, and I think it's because at the time when they made this, they were the only ones even in the band. But, yeah, this one was one of the ones off of the EP, like I said. But uh, just jumping into some of the lyrics here. So here's the first verse. Pray for me if you still believe. Sometimes I just feel like nobody's listening or moves in a way that I cannot see, save the music now ringing in my ears. Um, so the band has been kind of open, specifically Sam, um, about the meaning behind this song. And he says that this song is about the importance of originality in artistic expression. Um, yeah, so this is like one of the first songs they ever like even put out but it's still one that they use in a lot of their live shows like i said i saw them fairly recently and they performed this one um but it's just the uh kind of like i guess bombastic nature of the song it's just the way that you know when they shout the that's my shit that's my shit it's um a really good i, I guess anthemic song it's a really good crowd song you know there's a lot of different artists that you know a lot of your super fans they're gonna know every word to every song when they're performing but there's certain songs that you have like the call and respond or even just stuff that they can all chant together. And I, this is definitely one of those that when they performed it, everybody was popping the hell off. Um, but yeah, so the pre-chorus here, my dreams go bad, baby. My trials, they die lately. My truths, they hide waiting, patiently circling my mind. I'm all faded. I'm gazing dilated to the back with the bad baby fighting for. So, the, f- the whole thing here, the, the line specifically of I'm all faded, I'm gazing dilated. So a lot of the songs in RKS's discography do deal with drugs and drug use and, and stuff like that. Um, Cocaine Jesus is probably one of their most popular songs, and 
you can just see in the title there that that theme and that kind of persists throughout a lot of their music um so you're gonna see that in here and i think even in some of the other songs i'm gonna talk about today but so then we kick it into the chorus now they're standing in the door saying that's my shit that's my shit that's what everybody wants some more of singing you may be the death of me no disrespect baby but that's my shit that's my shit that's what everybody's on the floor for singing you may be the death of me um so i think there's like a couple ways you could interpret this i think the easy way would be to you know talk about this as he's singing at at you know a significant other or just a girl that he is you know interested in you could also go back to the pre-chorus where it's talking about the i'm all faded i'm gazing dilated and you could say that this could be speaking about you know drugs anything that he could be using um but then the post-chorus is just singing that you may be the death of me. So like I said, again, this could be the person or that drug he's singing to. Then we go into verse two. Uh, didn't even say goodbye, not even half the time. And now I'm here and it's been 13 years and I ain't going to cry about it. I don't know where home is, but I suppose it's anywhere I go. That's any good at all. Is that my fault? Is that all my fault? So this is a very specific verse here. Um, and there's a, uh, you know, a genius annotation here that's talking about the history here and we have to kind of take this with a grain of salt especially when it's talking about genius annotations but personally a lot of this in here i do think is stuff i knew myself but this person writes that as both of sam Mello, who again is the lead singer's parents are missionaries his family moved to the dominican republic in 1999 when sam was a child they returned back to america seven years later in 2006 as this song was released in 2013, it was likely written in 2012, 13 years after Sam left the Dominican Republic. And they also wrote that moving around a lot is a topic also touched on in RKS's Goodnight Chicago, which is another song that I really love. Um, and they included the lyric, 20 years to see New York reflected on subway trains, 20 more, I'll be 44, head back to Tampa Bay. So the reason I say that, you know, taking this with a grain of salt is this is a genius annotation those are often unreviewed so you never but a lot of this is information like i said that i know about that they've probably pulled from interviews that i've also read myself and they're right that moving around is a topic that is commonly used in a lot of their music especially in goodnight chicago which one of the times that i saw them so i saw them twice i saw them at Lollapalooza in chicago and then at um the lyric down in oxford in mississippi and when I saw them in uh, at Lala in Chicago, I, I don't remember the song they originally closed with, but they went off stage and then they came back on for an encore, which at Lala is kind of, you're not always going to get that. Um, I was incredibly disappointed, bit of a side note, that Lala was canceled this year. Obviously, I, I understand why and it makes sense that they did. Uh, but I didn't go last year, but before that, I think I had gone four years in a row back to back. But this was like what, the last year that I went. And Lala, you know, the, a lot of the time for sets, because they were like a middle of the day set, and those are usually hour long. And when they cap off, they're done. You know, there aren't really encores. There's encores for headliners at the end of the night, but not really those, like I said, middle of the day sets. But they went off stage and then came back on for an encore and performed Goodnight Chicago, which I thought was very fitting, just, you know, performing in the city. And I feel like it was one of those, you got to do it. But like I said, that's a bit of a side note. Um, Back into the pre-chorus here, we have the, the same thing we had before as well as the same chorus from before. I'm um, not going to delve too much into that. Um, and then we have the bridge here. So 
Everybody got a mind of their own, and nobody mind following everybody else. I felt it. What's your problem? That's my shit. That's my shit. That's my... Everybody got a day where they got to pay with responsibility. Disappear like honeybees. You know what's your problem. That's my shit. That's my shit. That's my... I just can't go along if everybody else is doing it. Because everybody else is wrong if everybody else is doing it. Listen, everybody got a mind of their own, and nobody mind following somebody else. Sometimes open up your mind to my shit, to my shit, to mine. So... That's like, you know, same with the the pre-chorus and the chorus. It's, you know, you I feel like there's a couple different ways you can interpret this. And, I mean, you can do that with all music, all art, you know. There's sometimes the way artists intend it, but then a lot of people will say specifically, you know, take this however you want. Um, and, you know, the same different ways that I think I look at it goes back to that chorus. But then here's the outro. Pray for me if you still believe. Sometimes I just feel like nobody's listening or moves in a way that I cannot see because the music's still ringing in my ears. So let's talk about this song as a whole here a little bit, and also this album. So like I said, you know, I'm setting the tone for this podcast in the last episode. I'm still kind of grappling with approaching singular songs when talking about whole albums, and I, you know, I'm kind of getting a better handle on how I want to look at these things. But talking about RKS's music is a little bit different than talking about Brockhampton's. Obviously, I know it's going to be different for every artist. But with Brockhampton's closing tracks, like I said, they were all a lot of the time ballads, which was very different than the quick, angry rapping of the rest of their albums. So when talking about closing tracks here, thematically, these three tracks that I'm going to be talking about today and the one I've already talked about are not like that. So the... That's my shit in contrast to the rest of this album is nothing like the rest of the songs on this album. Um, songs like Seven, First Class, um, you know, which are some of my favorites off of here are a lot. They're slower, more ballady. So you could say this is almost the opposite of Brockhampton's music where their closing tracks are the slower ones and the rest of the album. It's kind of flipped here where That's My Shit is honestly one of the more hard-hitting, louder songs on this album, and that closes it out. I really love this song. Um, I was actually just playing it in the car recently when I was on a road trip with a couple of friends and who are also RKS fans, and they had not even ever heard the song before. Um, they were with me at the Chicago show where they didn't perform it, but they did perform it at the Oxford show, and it was uh, those were also two very different shows. Like the Chicago show was outside, outdoor stage. Um, and then the, the Oxford show was, a, you know, a smaller, more intimate venue. And I just, I love this song. I think this is a fantastic song. It's a fantastic closer. I think it's hard hitting. I also think it can stand on its own. Um, let's move on to the next one. So next we have The Come Down. So like I said in talking about That's My Shit and just Arcase's music as a whole, there's so a lot of drug use, a lot of drug themes. This song, um, unlike, or you could even say like, depending on how you interpret the last song, is all about drugs. So it's talking about, you know, coming down from, you know, whatever high or whatever drugs that they're on. Um, and so let's kick it off with the first verse. We have, how do you take so much and leave nothing for the morning and think nothing of it. Think of nothing but this. This is that. This is that sleep on glass till you bleed, wait up to your knees in ash, looking for the very last. So, like I said, when I'm talking about Arcanus' music, there's, you know, a lot of drug use themes, but specifically this album, they're they're 
they're self-titled, you could call it. Uh, this album does contain uh, Cocaine Jesus, which, like I said, is probably one of their biggest songs ever. And that song is, you know, obviously talking about cocaine use. This song is also talking about that, and this is the closing track. So I think those two paired together are really good, even though they're nowhere near each other in terms of on the album, their their spots on it. Um, but you 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 hear semblance of that um, in this song. Um, but talking about that first verse specifically, that line of "How do you take so much and leave nothing for the morning?" Um, the the genius annotation here, um, and I, I agree with this interpretation. I, I think that this is accurate. But it's, it's talking about specifically this person's dealer and how they're scolding their client for using everything up in one night and how there seems to be more here than just your ordinary dealer. He or she is concerned for their client. Yeah, like I said, I think I agree with that. Um, if you're talking about that line and just the theme of this entire song, it, it, I think that's a, a correct assessment of that that line. But And then we have the pre-chorus here. Ain't no one going to come and save you and pull you out now. Ain't no one going to come and save you and pull you out. And then that goes right into the chorus. Beneath your lips lies the trick of it, babe. For a couple licks, you can get your fix and more. Pick any dream you want. Stay in denial for the shit that gets you shaking in your car. To come and see me like lately I've been fucking up hard, and I hate it when you lie in the thick of it all. Um. So when preparing for this episode, you know, I, I talked a little bit about in the Brockhampton episode how there were certain songs that I knew less than others. Um. In this case, when 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 preparing for this, I know that's my shit in polite company pretty well. But Come Down was one that I think whenever I listen to this album, I skip, which is odd because there's a lot of really great songs on this album. I, I And I try to never really skip closing tracks because usually I think that's where a lot of the meat of an album is, and that's why you know I chose to do this show. But for whatever reason... This song was one that I I never re, uh, you know revisit, but this chorus is it hits insanely hard. Like it is very dark. It's very intense. It's you know talking about yeah, addiction and and somebody that's trying to get through it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's not much I think to interpretation here. Um, it, it's it's pretty intense. But then we have the second verse, your heart, there it goes, step up and track down somebody who knows how to give a fuck about your black, black bag. I know all the combinations of your cool, imagined compromise, your time expired, you're driving me to drink, and I'm running a little low, no matter where you go, no matter where you're going. And again, this is just as dark. Um, and I, I don't know, because I haven't read a lot of interviews specifically talking about themes on their albums and, and whether or not, you know, Mello has, Sam Mello specifically has opened up about, you know, drug use or anything like that. But I think that speaking of, you know, this seems like to some extent speaking from experience. Um, so just the line about the black, black bag. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, here I'm reading this, I was going to say this, but I'm also reading this genius annotation that, you know, writes about, the black black bag as the bag you know that someone would put a corpse in and I, I that was my own personal interpretation while reading this as well and like I said it, it's a very dark song um and let's keep going um and then the bridge I can't take you there I can't guess to get you home playing catch up to the moon I'd say we're getting pretty close so will somewhere darker be a little more like you 
so like I said with that chorus, just how dark it is. It, you know, it's like the song itself is even acknowledging um, <laughs> the darker themes within here. Um, and then it repeats those lines there and then goes back into the pre-chorus and the chorus and it, it closes on that same chorus from earlier. Um, another really great track, uh, one that hits really hard. Uh, the chorus, like I said, is dark as hell, but in an impactful way. Um, this one's a little bit different than talking about That's My Shit, where I think That's My Shit as a closing track is fantastic. I think this is another really good closing track. Um, I think it benefits, though, from some of the other tracks in the album. Like uh, what, what uh, in the Brockhampton video, I think I talked about certain songs that benefit from other themes on on the album, like Fabric, um, or I think I also said that about Teen to some extent. Uh, I, but I think this is a really great track that you know kind of culminates in everything else that's that's being spoken about on this album. So yeah, really good. All right, let's go into the last track here, um, which is Polite Company. So this album, How to Friend Love Freefall, um, is very different than their other two albums. I think to some extent, at least to me personally, um, RKS, the self-titled, as well as 7 Plus Mary, thematically, while there are some different genres being blended on this album, are very similar. You can hear a lot of similarities in certain tracks, and they just feel like they were made under the same umbrella. Now, How to Friend Love Free Fall had had its different producer. Um, It was Jay Joyce, who is known for, um, I believe he was also a producer for, I'm just going to check this, but I believe Cage the Elephant uh, is is, is a big one that he's been a producer for. Um, And there's somebody else that I I was thinking about. But mainly, I mean, just Cage the Elephant is already a really good credit to... uh, (laughs) Uh, be a producer for but I know he's done a lot of uh, country production as well. oh Head in the Heart Head in the Heart was the other one I was thinking about um, but he's also done a whole lot of country production and being that they are a group from uh, North Carolina a lot of their songs are very like I said folky um, rocky you, you uh, very Americana so you could see why somebody they would pull somebody who has experience with those type of genres on to you know work on this album with them but still, this does, album does feel very different than their other two pieces. Uh, I, Like I said, I was anxiously awaiting this one. I think this is uh, a very good album, and I was very excited for it. I, I don't know if this is a, a hot take for our cast fans. I don't really know as a whole how people feel about this project. I think it's a little front-loaded. Um, I think it falls off in the back half. Um, so a lot of the time I skip a lot of the songs on the back half outside of, uh, painkillers. Uh, I pretty much go up to hide. Sometimes I listen to when it lands, I listen to painkillers. And a lot of the time I kind of stop listening there. Uh, I don't know why that is. I I don't know why. I I think the, the latter half is a little bit slower and I have no problem with slow songs. There's a lot of slow songs I really like. I think just with the way the rest of the album works out, it just doesn't click for me. So Polite Company is one I don't listen to that often, but the piano lick at the beginning of this song is one that I'm very familiar with, uh, just because of it's at the right, right at the beginning, and sometimes when I skip it, it's one that I often hear. So I had to revisit this one, and I was very you know delighted with what I heard. It, um, it was one that I haven't heard in a while, but I, I enjoyed you know working my way through it. Um, but I don't know how it stacks up compared to the other two. I think the Come Down, That's My Shit are very good, so let's just kind of get into the song and let's see how it stacks up compared to those other two. 
Um, for starters, there's a little bit of a blurb that was written when, when talking about recording this. They, they said in an interview that when they were finishing this whole album, um, they had just finished recording Possum Queen, which is the song that comes right before this. And they only had a little bit of time left in the studio. So they kind of pumped out this last song here. Um, and they were about to perform it. And I, I think it was Mello who had said that they had some time left. And so they were going to perform Polite Company and Radar, which were two separate songs at the time. And they, they knocked both of these out in like under an hour. But I think at the time, and, and it's talked about in here too, but the band members thought that these were two separate songs but they ended up just combining both into one. And you can really see the flip in tone between the two. And I think it works. Um, but let's let's go into you know some lyrical analysis here. So it opens up with, she's the edge between the secret and profane. It means at least one other language you would never speak in polite company. So right off the bat, talking about you know profane language and talking about polite company, you know, the title of this song and the theme throughout is politeness i suppose um and so that's you know speaking about profanity there um she's a dancer lone riddle in the answer she auditioned for romantics but no calls from the right company she'll never love the way you need her to darling you'll never lift her at all she only wants the man she thinks is you darling you'll only take her if you think you could lose so what if i don't find you take you back i only want what i can't have if you love me, give me nothing but polite company. So we got another genius annotation here that is interpreting specifically that I only want what I can't have, which I think is honestly to me one of the most straightforward lines in this verse, but I think maybe they're discussing this as a whole, as a whole the song, the verse as a whole. So he said, he is a current society and this love could never be a part of it with him, whether it be for social or personal reasons. But this isn't the first time he's wanted something outside of his social normality. Maybe this love is an affair on his side or hers, and they can't be together because of obligations to another love. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's... I don't think there was too much ambiguity here. It's definitely about two different class groups, um, you know, talking about... I, I think there's definitely some class societal uh, themes within this song, talking about rich, poor, specifically polite company. Um Maybe he is, you know, in the upper class. She's the lower class. I, I, I it's kind of, I, I think that's pretty clear here. But then the next verse is, were the dance among the drunk legs a contest between untied lace, pop shoegaze, and 808 heartbreak? We both caught the pace of two hearts offbeat. I just like the little 808 heartbreak nod there. Uh, and then we have, what will hold you when the dance is through? Put your back against the wall. Follow syncopated water fountain conversation making love inside a crayon covered bathroom stall what if i don't find you take you there i only want what i can't have if you love me give me nothing nothing um so there's a there's a, there's a lot just in this one verse um but the whole what will hold you when the dance is through i think plays into that previous line as the person here wrote about um where the dance among the drunk legs pace of two hearts offbeat um, and it's talking about partying um, and, you know, falling in love with a new person. Um, and I think this just talks about the different, I guess, motions of a new love, a new relationship. Um, but this person wrote here, depending on who lost the newness first, the other person may feel lost, sad, and unsure about why their significant other is acting like this. 
it can lead to further complications and the relationship usually ends shortly after this feels like more <laughs> this person who wrote this this is more just commentary and relationships than uh the song but i do think it plays into the conversation overall but they wrote referring back to the line the writer knows he's going to lose feelings first and wants to prepare his love for the downfall of the relationship so now this next verse here that starts with some simple math is basically kicking off the like I said, this is kind of two songs in one. This is kicking off the radar portion of the song, which he ended up just, Mello just ended up combining with this song as a whole. He even wrote, in, in, or he even said in an interview that the Some Simple Math is the beginning of another song called Radar that they just kind of included. Um, and you can kind of hear that in there. They're kind of like resetting in the song, and you can hear that some of the members clearly aren't ready to perform the next song. They just kind of kick it right off. But this verse here from Radar is some simple math. Two, I can add. I ain't writing it down. I remember now what you came for, where your aim is. Maintain it. Try to burn the right glow. I'll be on my way out. I'll be over soon. Sober later. Fire that only I'd know. You've been on my radar. Are you lonely too? Because your coast is clear to get a hold on me. Um. Yeah, so it's just kind of talking about it's still talking about that relationship, I think, from earlier, which kind of makes sense why they included it. I don't know if this is just, uh, you know, about the song as a, a whole or area, the album as a whole even, but it, it feels like they kind of, I get why they combine the two because the themes are there. Um, specifically the line of, I remember now what you came for, where your aim is. Uh, the same person, this person's been all throughout the, this music. This, this person's on their, uh, <laughs> their RKS knowledge. They wrote, the writer has been too caught up in his own love to fully understand the intentions of what his lover wants. New love can begin for various reasons aside from romantic ones. Um, and they listed a bunch of other, but I think you get the gist there. And then the, are you lonely too? Cause your coast is clear to get a hold on me. Um, so talking about specifically, you know, the phrase of the coast is clear, um, and it's usually used in reference to physical isolation, whereas here it is used to reference social and emotional isolation and loneliness. So it's just Sam talking about maybe being lonely even while being with this partner. Um, and then the final line in the song is, she's the edge between the cadence of my name and on these walls, another language we would never speak in polite company. So this person wrote, again, the same person wrote a very long uh, genius annotation talking about this. But I, I feel like a lot of this is um, not too complicated, this whole song just talking about this, this complicated relationship. Um, but they wrote here that looking at the rest of this song, most of the lyrics point towards a social conflict, which can point towards you know, any of the other stuff talked about in within this song. But yeah, um, that's it for polite company. I think if you're speaking about this batch, I think for me, uh, I, while I do enjoy this song and a lot of the themes within here, I think it kind of does need the rest of the album, but I do think it is still very strong. I, I, I feel like I walked back and forth when talking about in the last episode about how to judge these songs and whether or not I think that they need to stand alone from the rest of the albums. And I think it's something I'm still reconciling with on how to judge them. But I think if they're just strong songs, that's just how you judge them. Then this, if this song you think is good on, on all fronts, then bam, that reflects the rest of the album. So 
I think for me, definitely my favorite is is That's My Shit. I think that's a stellar closing track. I think uh, it's hard-hitting. I, I, I just really like it. And like I said, I love the the call-and-respond version of the... I think the live version hits very different because in the recorded version, I believe it's just Sam. But in the live version, they include um, the guitarist as well, which I'm blanking on his name. But both of them perform it, and it's really great. Um, and then I would probably go with... Um, the Come Down and Play Company are kind of both neck and neck for me. Um, I think there's similar um, themes in here, talking of, you know, just feeling downtrodden, um, whether it's from the relationship or from drug addiction. I think they're both very similar in tone, um, but I like both of them. I think this is a really good batch of tr- closing tracks. Um, and I obviously I am biased as a big fan of this band. And I said going forward, I'll definitely have people on and talk about artists or songs that I'm not familiar with I, that I can maybe you know look at with a fresh eye and I won't have either my own bias or even just other songs from that artist that I'm familiar with to kind of uphold that. So it'll just be pure uh, immediate opinion, I suppose. But yeah, that's uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprises discography. It's pretty small. Um, they also have a couple B-sides from Mary, which was that EP. Um, that came before Seven plus Mary, which was their first album. Um, Mary isn't available as its own on on Spotify, but I believe all the songs are included besides those B sides, and there were only two of them. They're a really good group. If you haven't checked them out already, I definitely encourage you to do so. Uh, I think with Brockhampton, that's a more popular group. A lot of more people know them. Not to say Rainbow Kid Surprises unpopular i think they definitely have a a substantial enough base but uh i definitely think they could definitely grow and and and, um i hope they put out a lot more content especially after this last album i think it was a a huge um i don't know if it's step in the right direction because i liked their first two albums but it's it's definitely a, a step forward i think they would they would think that regardless of what people think of their different work um but yeah that's pretty much it for that uh, time to jump into a quick uh, what am I listening to segment. Um, like I said, when I have other people on, hopefully it should shake it up a little bit. But this t- this this week specifically, or these past two weeks since the last episode, I've mainly been, um, <laughs> instead of listening to full albums, because July, at least in my opinion, has had has been a little dry for me personally in terms of, of new albums that I want to listen to from artists that I... Uh, care about or even new artists there's just been nothing to I've been listening to some stuff but I just haven't really been working through full albums like I usually do because I've been kind of prepping for the show by listening to stuff I'm already familiar with if you look at um my on repeat on on Spotify that playlist it's pretty much all closing tracks from from various artists or albums that I like so you know I've just been getting ready for this and I, I am very excited that there'll be other people on to talk about different stuff but if there was one thing that i was consistently listening to um this will be coming out on uh friday so a week from a week ago was the a week from when this is uploaded was the the hamilton film was put up on disney plus um and i did watch it and i did enjoy it quite a bit um i know there's a lot of people that were very familiar with the soundtrack without having seen the show. Um, my father was one of those. There were many other people I know that knew the music pretty well. 
I knew, you know, like the opening track, um, which was uh, Alexander Hamilton and, and some of the like the bigger songs like uh, The Story of Tonight or uh, My Shot, stuff like that I knew. But I largely avoided the soundtrack, um, even though people in my family had gone to see the show and I, I, I was unable to go along because it was limited tickets. But uh, I largely avoided the soundtrack until I was able to see it, which was kind of a weird move on my part if I, you know, now that I think about it, because I might have never seen it. But I do think it added a whole new level of uh, enjoyment watching it for the first time and, and getting to enjoy these songs after again for the first time. Um, so I've been primarily listening to that album on a loop, that soundtrack. It's it's phenomenal. The show's really great. If you have Disney+, Plus, definitely watch it. It's a good time. I'm debating doing an, an entire episode um on that soundtrack but just on the closing track of the soundtrack I, i'm trying to decide if i want to do just like a whole hamilton episode or if i want to do a musical episode and and because if i'm doing a whole hamilton episode it kind of would have to be now to capitalize on the on the on the craze when people really want to talk about it and, and you know have the conversation about it now versus a musical episode which i could do whenever because there's a lot of other musicals i enjoy my my personal favorite is uh <laughs> rent but i definitely enjoyed uh the music within it and ironically enough i suppose my favorite track off of it was the closing track the i think i believe it's titled who lives who dies who tells your story i think it's really great it's it's probably my favorite on the entire soundtrack so you know i guess i live up to this uh this podcast name but that's pretty much all i've been listening to i think there's some really good songs on there um like i said my favorite is that closing track but there's some other really good ones on there that i like um pretty much the whole like first four or five like back to back the Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burser, um my shot, the story of tonight like back to back are all really good. Um one last time I believe is the the Washington song when he's leaving is really good. I might be butchering that name. Uh satisfied and helpless, I reverse that, but those back to back are are really good songs to listen to both of the Skylar sisters singing. Yeah, I'm I'm really musical nerding out or Hamilton nerding out right now, but it's it's pretty it's a it's a really good soundtrack, so definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for uh today's episode. Um if you enjoyed, make sure to, you know, tune back in for episodes, you know, if you're uh listening to whatever uh podcast platform you're listening to this on if it's on like itunes please you know leave a rating leave a review if you're watching on youtube leave a comment like subscribe whatever because i'm going to be keep putting episodes of this on there as well as other content both musical um like like music content or movies or tv stuff that i'm interested in um yeah i'm I'm waiting on like i said some some more equipment so i can have some people on and i'm gonna schedule a bunch of people and i'm just gonna kind of record a bunch in bulk and then just kind of schedule those out so there'll be a bunch of episodes coming out uh down the road i know there's a lot of people that have interest in talking about certain artists there's gonna be new music coming out i'm just you know it's 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 gonna be very exciting going forward just to see who wants to come on who wants to talk what people have to say so yeah thank you so much for tuning into the closing track um thank you and uh see you next time goodbye (laughs) 